Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. My name is Ryan. I'm the executive pastor here at Life Church. And how many are excited for Super Bowl Sunday? Anybody? How many got the Bengals winning? Seven of you got the How many have the Rams winning? Okay, a few more. How many don't care you're excited to eat good dip? We don't eat enough dips. We, uh, you know, it shouldn't should just happen on Super Bowl Sunday. It's like Thanksgiving. Why do we only eat turkey on Thanksgiving? You know, it's a good, it's dip day. Anyway, we're starting a, we started a series last Sunday called Home Security, and uh, we're specifically looking at the qualities of a godly family. Now, I know that there's all different demographics in the room. There's some of you that are like, I don't plan on having kids for a very, very long time, and, and how does this apply to me? Just wait, we'll get there. It does apply to you. Or you may say, my kids are 55 years old. Like, I, I'm, this is way past where I am in life. Uh, but it doesn't matter where you are in life. Uh, having a godly home is something that we all strive for, whether it's just you or it's you and a spouse or you and a spouse and four kids like myself, wherever you are in the midst of life, we all want to have a godly home. Uh, there may be some application that I'm going to point specifically at some of you that are in the parenting day, active parenting days of having little kids and all of that, but this applies to every single person in the room today. Uh, we're looking at the qualities of a godly family out of Matthew chapter 5. If you want to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, in fact, every sermon in this series is going to be out of Matthew chapter 5. And there's a portion of scripture that's called the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus gives this amazing sermon. And within the sermon, there's eight verses that are called the Beatitudes. Beatitudes, that word is literally translated as blessedness. These are blessings that we can receive. Really what Jesus is doing in these Beatitudes is he's, he's summing up the entire law. He's, in, he's summing up the entire Old Testament in a sense and saying, let me just boil it down to the essentials. If you do these things, there is a blessing on the other side of it. And so people were on the edge of their chairs just saying, man, I want to hang on every word that Jesus is about to say. He's like giving you the cliff notes. Like if anybody ever read a book via cliff notes? You know, he's giving you the essentials. He's boiling it all down to what we need to know this morning, to have a family that searches after God, that strives after God. Last week, Pastor Dustin talked about, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. How many of you know that the, the how, how much you hunger and thirst for righteousness will determine your satisfaction level in life? And, and, and Pastor Dustin did an amazing job preaching through that. If you missed it, you can go back and listen to it. But I want to talk about one that's very similar to that, but it's, it's different. It's Matthew chapter 5 in verse 8. I'm going to read it, uh, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to dive into it this morning. Matthew 5 verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Very simple verse, but blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If you want to see God in your family, if you want to see God in your kids, if you want to see God in your marriage, if you want to see God in your own life, the Bible says, Jesus says, there has to be a purity of heart in order to see that happen. We're going to talk about what does that look like, what does that mean, how do we do that in our own lives. Would you pray with me today? Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that every time we open it up, that you direct us, you lead us, you guide us. Your word does not return void. 
Your word says that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. And so as we declare your word this morning, we believe that our faith is going to be strengthened. Our faith is going to be expanded today. Do that in this room today. Speak through me. In your word, we, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Anybody have any, anyone ever break into your house before? Ever had an intruder? Anyone ever think that you had an intruder, but you really didn't you ever have one of those? I think everyone's probably had one of those before. I can think of a couple times. One, one of them was this past summer. Uh, we were laying in bed. It was probably 11 o'clock at night on a summer night, and we start hearing, we had, so we had the windows open, and we start hearing some voices, like in our backyard. We're kind of like men's voices, just talking, shooting the breeze type of a thing, and I'm like, that's odd, and it's kind of late for that. But our neighbors would often have bonfires and have people over. And so I'm just thinking, okay, they got people over, and we can just hear, hear them talking a little bit. No big deal. And so I you know, don't think anything of it. Keep hearing it a little bit. And pretty soon, that neighbor, who I thought it was coming from, calls my wife and says, do you hear voices behind our houses? Okay, now the panic level starts to rise a little bit because it's not coming from them. They think we're having people over. We think they're having people. And they weren't bothered, but they were like, I don't see any lights or any activity, but I hear voices. And so if you've ever been in a scenario like that, you go, like, I go into full on, I don't have a lot of weapons, but I got steak knives. Like, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm like going around the house, looking around. I take a big flashlight. I go stand on the deck, and I'm looking out. You know, we have woods behind us. I'm like trying to find it. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do, but I know it's going to be crazy. And, and I know it's because don't mess with my house. And so I, I'm calling out. I don't see anything. Um, and then I realized that when I went out onto the deck, the patio door was unlocked. It wasn't locked. So now the panic level goes to a new level because I'm thinking, I don't hear the voices and this was unlocked. They're in the house, whoever this is. And so I, I'm, I'm like going through rooms. I'm, I'm making sure. I'm checking that the kids are like, it was full on. I'm ready to throw down. I mean, it, it, it's one of those, so much adrenaline going and all that kind of stuff. And so come to find out, I mean, we still to this day don't know exactly what happened. We know that they never came into our house. We think it may have been just people walking through and there's kind of woods and kind of walked through our yard to get to where they were going. We don't know exactly what the scenario is. We actually called the cops. They came, did a full sweep of the area and had heard that there was, you know, they were trying to find, they thought maybe it was a hunter that was trying to track a deer. I'm like, that's so weird. Why are you doing that in the middle of the night? But anyway, long story short, uh, I would do anything in that moment, and it didn't matter if I was going to throw myself in the middle of a rough situation. And every, I, I would say, I can speak specifically to guys in the room. You're wired in a way that it doesn't matter what the situation is, you will throw yourself in front of your family to make sure they're safe and make sure that nothing is going to come into your house. No one's messing with your family. Uh, we, 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 act that way and we think that way from a very physical standpoint. But so often we don't have that same level of intensity when it comes to our spiritual life. 
There are so many intruders that are trying to attack the family, that are trying to infiltrate, that are trying to, from, from so many different angles, whether it's social media, even in schools, even in, in friendships that your kids have, there's so many different angles that intruders are coming from in all different directions. Do we have this level of intensity that says, I will do whatever it takes to make sure that doesn't infiltrate my home? I think that's at the heart of what Jesus is talking about here that there's a purity in heart. When there's a purity in heart, it's a defense against anything else coming and infiltrating. He says that blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God, which means the opposite of that is true as well. That if there's impurity in the home, if there's impurity in your heart, in your life, you won't see God. That, there, that God will not be present in any of that. I believe that a lack of purity in the home is the greatest deterrent of a godly home. If you want to see God a part of your home, it starts with a purity of heart. And so today, I, I want to just give you just a few thoughts on this that come from Scripture of how do we do that? How do we make sure that our family, that we're not allowing impurities into our family, that, we are, that, we are, that we're having a good defense against the attacks of the enemy? The first thing, if you're taking notes, is that we need to check our heart first. Check our heart first. If you have kids living at home right now, I'm specifically talking about you and your spouse. I'm talking about you specifically. Are you checking your own heart first? Uh, a few years ago, I was um, raking leaves. It was kind of like the snow was about to start flying, and so I'm trying to kind of do one last yard cleanup and all of that, and so I'm raking some leaves up. And in the middle of it, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, going pretty tough on it. I'm trying to do it really quick, and I just start feeling like right here, just a pain all over the place, like little pins and needles and shortness of breath. And I'm kind of, I, I sit down and I'm kind of like, man, that is, I've never felt anything like that before. That was strange. And you, know, you hear stories about people, you know, having heart issues when they're shoveling or doing yard work like that. And I'm like, I've never had any issues before, but I tell Amanda and she's like, well, maybe just call the doctor and see if anything, you know, just to see if they have any recommendation. And so I call, and I'm, I'm not panicked at all. I'm like, yeah, I just better just check just to see if they have any concern. And they say, you, I think you should come in tonight and get checked. So I'm like, okay, well, I wasn't panicked, but now I'm a little bit more concerned. So I go into the doctor, and, and they, um, I explain what was happening. They said, you know, we should probably do an EKG I'm like, I didn't even know what that was at the time, but they're, they, we want to look at your heart. I'm like, oh, wow, is this serious? Is, should I be concerned? And they said, well, just take a look and see what's going on. I'm like, that's code for it's serious. Like, that's, that's what you mean when you're saying, so I'm like, okay. So they do this, and then I'm, I'm in the waiting room waiting. You know, they're going to give me some results and all that kind of stuff and tell me what's going on. And as I'm in the waiting room, just a side note, the song Cats in the Cradle is playing. <laughs> if you work in a hospital, just eliminate that from the playlist, okay? And another time, just recently, I was in a waiting room, a lot of older people were around, and the song Circle of Life from Lion King comes on. Eliminate that from the playlist, okay? It's just not, I'm like, this is just awful. Are they trying to like prepare you for death in, the, in this waiting room? So anyway, I go back in and they, they, they basically, long story short, everything was totally fine. They said, we think you probably pulled a muscle somewhere in the lining of your chest. I'm like, what, what? And that sounds like you're making things up right now. But they said, we're not concerned. It's probably just something just to watch and just take it easy for a little bit and it'll heal up. So it was a huge relief. But 
I'm just going to tell you right now, I went into it thinking, man, there's like maybe a 1% chance that there's something wrong, right? 99% chance this is just totally normal, and that's what it ended up being. But there's a 1% chance that there's something that I should just get looked at. If I were to tell you there's a 1% chance that something in your life, something in your heart could destroy it and could kill you spiritually, would you get it checked out? Would you get it at least looked at? We as Christ followers need to do spiritual inventory constantly. We need to check our heart. The Bible talks about this a few different places. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do comes from your heart. This word heart is translated from the Greek as emotions, feelings, inner self, the center of all physical and spiritual life. We read in, in Psalm chapter 51, verse 10, it's, David writes, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So how do we do that? What does that look like? I think it starts with us searching our own heart. We, we just sang about that in that second song, that we ask God to search our heart. Psalm chapter 139, David writes about this. One of my favorite passages of Scripture because it's so practical yet so profound. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. When's the last time you simply said, God, would you just search my heart? What, what's in there that shouldn't be there? Any anxious thoughts, anything that I need to course correct on. I've been doing this lately specifically as it relates to parenting. And I'll just be honest with you, it can be a, that can be a grueling question to ask God because I have, uh, I've been very convicted over the last several weeks about some things. Uh, specifically, I'll get, kind of give you tip of the iceberg a little bit. But, you know, I, 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 God is revealing to me that I can have extreme impatience in parenting, Probably, I, 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 would, I would hope that every parent can at least relate to that at, at some level, but there's an impatience that boils up in me. I, I can get irritated very easily in parenting. I am fairly go with the flow in most areas of life, but on parenting, like, I, I get irritated easily. I, I, I'm, I'm, not an, I'm not an angry person by any stretch, but parenting will push you there more than anything else, just to be honest. And, and I have a couple kids in the room. I got to be careful. <laughs> I, uh, I have found that I uh, have a tendency to institute petty rules in the home. I won't give you any examples, but you can probably think of a few in your own life where when you really think about it, the rule is really designed for your peace and comfort than anything else. They're not, they're not designed for your kids to be a well-rounded individual. And when you really think about it, it's like, yeah, that's a dumb rule. Why, why do I insist on that rule? I can be, I can be selfish. Uh, there are so many times where it's like, man, I just want to sit in a chair for a couple of minutes and watch some TV or do whatever, and, but my kid wants to play a board. And I'm not saying that there aren't times in, that you need to just, hey, I, you know, I got to make sure I recharge my batteries. All of that is well and fine, but there's so many times where I can put that in front of you know, a, a kid asking, do you want to play a board game? Do you want to go play outside? And, and there's, so many, there's, so, there's such a tension there at times, and I can just so often just be incredibly selfish. But God is refining me each and every day. God gives grace for you to be refined each and every day. He's working on my heart. I, I really believe he's giving me more patience 
each and every day. He's, he's helping me just as I would just chill out a little bit every now and then. It's going to be okay. Uh, and I've gotten better and better at that as the years have gone on. Uh, he's helping me become more selfless, more sacrificing. Uh, I talk to parents a lot, and one of the, the things that is most common, one of the, mo- the most common statements that parents make uh, when it comes to being a better dad, being a better mom, all of that is, I wish I could go back to when my kids were babies because I feel like I, I, I would be such a better dad. I would be such a better dad knowing what I know now. And I look at that and I say, that's, I think that's the entire point is, yeah, all of us could say that because God is continuing to transform you. God has continued to work on you. God is continuing to develop you and to help you become the mom and dad that he's called you to be. It's not something that is gonna just be automatic, like right out of the gate. You just know all, you have all the answers. You need to give yourself a little bit of grace. There's gonna be mistakes made. Can I just help you out with that? Like you're going to have several moments in parenting that you're like, man, I did not handle that correctly. Am am I the only one that has those moments where I'm like, I should have handled that differently than what I did? And and, and I'm not talking about anything crazy, but I'm saying I, I, I could have handled that a little bit better. We're going to have moments like that, and we need to understand there's grace for that. In fact, I was reading a book um, this past week, and it's, it's a book, I'm only like on chapter four, I think, and it is just, it's, 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 it's been hard on me because it's a very good, it's about parenting. It's a book, it's just called Parenting by Paul David Tripp. If you haven't read it, I, I haven't been all the way through it yet, but I, I, can, I know enough now through it that I would highly recommend uh, reading it. But there was a statement made in, in one of the chapters that just hit me like a ton of bricks. And he said this, here's the humbling conclusion that God in grace led me to. I am more like my children than unlike them, and so are you. The reality is there are a few struggles in the lives of my children that aren't in my life as well. Materialism, relationships, wanting my own way, attraction to the world, subtle idolatries, etc. This admission transformed my parenting. Instead of approaching them as self, with self-righteous outrage, I moved toward them as a sinner in need of grace, needing to confront a sinner in need of grace. God's plan is to make his invisible grace visible to children by sending parents of grace to give grace to children who need grace. And parents who know they need grace tend to want to give grace to children who are just like them. It's kind of, you take a deep breath and realize, you know what, we're, you know, we're, we're, none of us are perfect. We need to check our heart. Is there any weakness that we need to admit? Any, anything that we need God to strengthen us? Any area that we just need to, hey, God, help me course correct here. Help me become more like you. That transformation only begins when we check our own heart first. I gotta I got move on, but check your own heart first. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is parent to the heart. Parent to the heart. This is huge. Do you parent to the action or do you parent to the heart? And there's a major difference between the two. I'll explain it. But in the Old Testament, there were 613 laws. That's a lot of rules. <laughs> I mean, I, I would hope that if you add up all the rules in my home, it's, it doesn't equal 613, okay? There are 613 laws in the Old Testament. And yet in the midst of that, God said, that's not working. That's not hitting the mark, and he sent Jesus to be our redeemer. He sent Jesus as a, a way, a, a simpler way towards God. 
to offer some grace because he saw humanity struggling with those 613 rules. The law was a good thing. I'm not saying that the law is bad. I'm not saying rules are bad. I'm not saying that whatsoever. The law was a good thing. It was meant to give people a measuring stick for God's standard. It was meant to expose the heart of our humanity. It wasn't bad, but it was incomplete, and Jesus offered a better way. That's why Jesus came. See, while the law exposes sin, it has no ability to deliver us from sin. Rules, the law, it's not enough by itself. The law cannot rescue you from your sin. The the law cannot give you a new heart. The law cannot redeem and restore us. Again, if that were the case, there would have been no reason for Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. The law would have been enough, but it wasn't. And Jesus saw that. In fact, when Jesus came onto the earth, he he began reshifting the focus a bit, the way people approached their relationship with God. And he said, you've heard all these years, do not kill. But I say don't hate. He says the, the, the killing, that's the action. And yes, we should not kill, but let me take it a step further. That killing, that comes from your heart. That comes from hate. So I say don't even hate. He's talking about the heart. He says, you know, the law says don't commit adultery. That's bad, and I agree, that's bad. But I'm going to tell you, don't even lust. I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to get to the heart of the matter. And the Pharisees didn't like this about Jesus because they were so trained on, well, we're, we're nailing all of these laws and we're doing a good job and you say that we're hypocrites and he'd say, well, you're missing the mark on some of these things. It's a list of do's and don'ts for you. But I want to shape your heart. And I believe the same dynamic, the same truth applies with our children. The question is, are we, con- are we correcting their actions or are we helping shape their heart. There's a big difference between the two. So next time your kid acts up and, you know, one of your kids hits the other kid, it's, it's very easy to say, hey, don't hit your brother. And that's it. And I agree, don't hit your brother like that. You shouldn't do that, right? That's a good rule to have in your house. But taking it a step further and explaining why, is that just because that's dad's rule or is that because there's some, you know, am I pointing them to God's ultimate authority on that? Am I helping shape their heart? Am I saying things like, hey, uh, God asks us to love one another, and, and hitting is not loving. And, and, and I know that, that seems really subtle and maybe obvious to you, but it's not obvious to your kids always. And really getting in there and explaining the heart behind it, or, or maybe they come home with a report card <laughs> that isn't reflecting what you, the standard that you've set. I don't, whatever that standard is, but they come home and it's just not reflecting that. And then instead of just punishing and saying, man, you, you, you're, you know, you're going to have a timeout, you know, whatever it is for you. I don't, I don't think you do timeouts at that point. But, you know, whatever the, the punishment is, I'm going to take your phone away, whatever, explaining why. Why? That's not just mom and dad's standard. The Bible says that we're to do everything to the very best of our ability as if unto God. And that's not your best. I mean, there may be times where it is their best and you got to give some grace there, but it's really, are you doing your best? Because that's what God has called us to. And I know that that's so, it seems so subtle, but it's so important. And let me just give you something that I've learned. I've been a parent for 13 years, which I know there's many of you that have me beat by many years, but I have learned this. Your kids will give you plenty of opportunity 
to parent to the heart, okay? I'm just going to tell you right now, they will give you plenty of scenarios. We, we had one this past week, and uh, it doesn't apply to one of my kids that's in the room, so I'll tell it. Uh, but we had a, a kid that, you can narrow it down to two of them, but we had one that, uh, that had talked back to Amanda, my wife. It kind of been a little sassy to her, and so um, she just said, hey, you can't talk to your mom that way. And he said, well, clearly I just did. So we got a little work to do. There's a little meat on those bones. (laughs) Parent to the heart. That was an opportunity. And I could tell you about a few others just this week of parenting to the heart. Last thing, pursue perfect purity. Pursue perfect purity. Ephesians 5.3 says, but among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. How much impurity are you willing to let into your family? The Bible says don't even let a hint, not even a little bit. This past fall, we were, uh, there was a tree that was right on a property line between me and my neighbor, and so we were talking about it. And if it fell, it was going to do some damage to his garage. And so we were like, hey, we, we should try to... Uh, get this cut down this year because that would be terrible. And it was showing signs, a couple of signs of maybe not being super healthy. And so anyway, so we get it cut down. And when it, when it fell, you could look inside and see that tree is like rotting on the inside. I mean, it, was a, it had to have been a matter of months from it just toppling over altogether. And so often... Our families, they can, look, they can look like everything's great on the outside. Everything's put together. Everybody's got, you know, nice clothes and everything. You know, all of that. And all, that's all well and fine. But so often, we neglect the inside of what's happening. And we're, a tr- we're like a tree rotting from the inside. We can't achieve perfect purity on our own. We have to rely on God's transformational grace. I'll give you a couple of verses Ezekiel chapter 36 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Psalm 119, starting in verse 9, says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I, I, I was going to go on about, um, talk a little bit more, but for sake of time, uh, as, as, as Christ followers and as parents, it is so important that we uh, protect the purity of our home. What are you allowing into your home? What are you allowing to infiltrate your kids? And I know there's a lot of practical things that we could talk about, and we could talk about social media, and we could talk about different, and there's a lot, there's a lot there. And, and can I just tell you, I, maybe it's because I'm living it right now, I think it's a very difficult season of life in, uh, to, to raise kids, to raise godly kids. Um, I, 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 probably every generation has said that, but I, I just feel like right now, man, this is a tough, tough season. Uh, there are, we're, the, it feels like the family is under attack. There are values that we used to take as, uh, take them for granted a bit. Like, hey, these are just general good moral values that are, that are even not assumed anymore. And so mom and dad, I can just tell you right now, if you're anything like me, it can be weary. It can be tiring. 
Uh, it can be, you know, there, there can just be nights of just, just wanting to pull your hair out and maybe it doesn't need any help. It's already fallen out on its own. I don't know. But it's, there's just so many sleepless nights. There's so many nights where you're just exhausted. And I just want to encourage you more than anything else. And in just a moment, the band's going to play and sing a song that we sang earlier. And just giving you a moment, just if maybe this is the only time all week where you just have five minutes <laughs> And there's weeks that are like that, believe me, where you just have five minutes of just saying, God, search my heart. Strengthen me. See, the Bible says in Matthew, um, the Bible, Jesus talks specifically. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Bible is either... 100% true or 100% untrue. In my world, it's, it's, it's either or. And I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is who the Bible said he was. And so when he says something like that, that's something that we should take hold of. When he says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden, which describes every parent <laughs> that I know, and I will give you rest for your souls. That's something we should take hold of. And there's some of you that need to hear that today because maybe you've been trying to do it within your own strength and your own power. And I'm just gonna tell you, you are no match for the attack of the enemy by yourself. You're no match for it. The, the world that we live in, you're no match for it. And that's why we put our hope and our dependency upon Jesus Christ. None of this is in my notes, but I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of, I just feel like there are, are people that need to be encouraged today. And maybe there's different seasons of life for, for different parents in the room, but there's some of you today that you're in the baby season. I just talked to a parent uh, this week about just being in the baby season, and it's just tiring, it's draining. It's changing diapers and it's sleepless nights and it's, it, it's just trying to, na and, it's, and your kid can't communicate with you and so anytime they're sick, you're worried and it's just, it's very draining. I, I can tell you, I have been through that. I can tell you that that season does have an end, okay? That, that season, you do come out of that season, but you're just drained. And you're maybe even a little bit discouraged. There's some of you that may be more in the season of life that I currently am in where it's just busy. It's kids running from activity to activity and trying to just keep the schedule and trying to keep some sanity in your home. And it's, it's, just, it's just busy. And it's, there's just a lot going on. There's some of you that maybe have kids that are a little bit older and they're going through high school and they're starting to, you're starting to feel a little bit of a pullback if you haven't already. And you try to embrace them for a hug and they're like a, you know, spaghetti noodle that like, it bristle at the thought and I, I can't tell you it'll come full circle it'll you know it'll it'll be okay they're in a season it's not you uh, but it, you're kind of like man I miss those days where they just you know curl up on my lap and want to read a book and I those days are few and you know, I don't I don't even see any just wait till grandkids you know like that, that that's where you're at but it's 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 tough or maybe there's, you have kids that are just, you're starting to see go down a bad path. You know, they're just not making good decisions and you're, you're concerned. There's many nights where you just sit up and wait till they come in the door and it's 1 a.m. and you don't know what 
phone call you're going to get and you and, and you're just constantly, there's just a worry and anxiety to it. Or maybe there's, you deal with medical issues with your kid and get a bad diagnosis and something that, that it's just all you can do to not just cry yourself to sleep every single night. And it, it's hard. Maybe your kid has walked away completely from God and you're saying, Ryan, uh, this message would have been great 20 years ago, but man, it's just too late. My kid is gone. And, and you feel like the dad in the story of the prodigal son and you're just waiting on the porch, waiting for your kid to come home. Wherever you find yourself today, if I told you there was a 1% chance, just going back to the story of, of, of my heart, there is a 1% chance that Jesus' words are true when he says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest for your souls. I think you'd jump at the opportunity to embrace that. And I can tell you with confidence, I believe the word of God is true. And I believe cover to cover that it is true. And maybe today in your parenting, you just need to embrace the grace of Jesus Christ. Quit trying to do it on your own. Quit trying to muster up energy each morning and simply say, God, I need you. I need you every single day. I encourage you in just a moment, just to give yourself five minutes. Again, we're gonna be done in just a little bit, but just five minutes in the presence of God. You, you can respond however you want to, but I just encourage you to take five minutes and say, God, I just need your strength right now. Your word says that your yoke is easy, your burden is light. My lot in life feels anything but light and easy, but I need that right now. Strengthen me, encourage me. And I believe, I, I, call me crazy, but I believe Jesus will meet you right there. And I believe God will strengthen your heart. I believe he will bring rest for your weary soul this morning. Matthew 5, verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Father God, we thank you right now that you see us right where we are at, right where we struggle. You see moms and dads that are just tired and weary and heavy laden. As I look out in the room this morning, I, I, I just see tears and that heaviness is very real and very palpable and I just pray right now just as your word says that as we approach you as we come to you that you'll give us rest for our souls that you will strengthen us as parents and that we will be on a track to pursuing perfect purity so that we can see you in our homes we can see you in our kids we thank you for it this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.